Welcome back to the swamp my friends and welcome if you're new. Today we are taking a stroll through the backwoods. This is typically where you're gonna find all the creepy crawlies that you wish didn't exist. But unfortunately, Uncle Jeff and his boys have found them and brought them to the swamp for you to hear about. So, strap in and get ready for these allegedly true and downright strange backwoods horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit yours at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also submit it at r slash thedarkswamp on reddit. Be sure to hit that like button, subscribe if you're new, and now, let's jump right into these downright strange backwoods horror stories. Today's episode is sponsored by Factor Meals. Get started on your New Year's resolution with Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kick off your resolutions. Now, I have been in the gym for quite a while now, but this year I've really been trying to hit a certain type of diet so I can try to see more gains, if you will. But luckily, I haven't had to worry too much thanks to Factor. Factor now offers loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on the schedule. I can skip the overpriced takeout trap, Factor is cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. Get chef-crafted, restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. They're ready to heat in just two minutes, which means more time for you. And honestly, I'm not gonna lie, these meals have actually surprised me. I wasn't too sure at first when I started seeing some of the cauliflower rice options and stuff, but once I started trying them, I have been blown away. So what are you waiting for? Join me and many others in the swamp today. Head to factormeals.com swamped50 and use code SWAMPED50 to get 50% off. That's code SWAMPED50 at factormeals.com slash SWAMPED50 to get 50% off. The Mocker by Elias I've kept most of this a secret to myself for some time. Hello, Swamp Dweller. My name is Elias. I'm dying to share this story with someone else. I'm from upstate Michigan. I love the outdoors and frequently hit the gym. I've got a part-time job as a janitor at a gym, and my shift is usually from 7pm to 12am, depending on how much cleaning is needed. This entire thing began back in 2021, sometime during August if I remember correctly. The only other janitors were busy cleaning. He was mopping, and I was wiping down the equipment. When it came time to vacuum the corners of the rooms, I was missing one of the attachments for the hose. The other janitor said the only place it could have been was the shed outside. At first I thought he was talking about the one right by the side of the building, but he told me it was the one down by the gravel path at the edge of the woods. I don't know why it would be in there. I have no idea. I took a quick jog from the gym and headed down the trail to find the attachment. I didn't bring a flashlight other than the one that was on my phone, but I figured that was all I would need. To my surprise, the shed was unlocked and the door was cracked open about six inches. Weird, I thought. 
but someone probably forgot to lock it. It wouldn't be the first time, you know. And some wind blew it open. It happened all the time at my house. I whistled as I walked in, poking around for the attachment. I stopped abruptly to listen for if I could hear anything coming out of the shed because I swear I might have heard something. I quit my search and left the shed. I looked both ways and there was nothing, but I could hear whistling coming from the woods that sounded just like what I was doing. They were long, low whistles, but they sounded pretty human to me. And there wasn't anyone out here. Hello? Anybody out there? I shouted, thinking the other janitor was looking for someone or something. A voice answered back. Hello? Elias? It was the janitor's voice. I thought he was trying to be funny, so I laughed and said, Maybe if you didn't have so much junk in here, I could find the darn attachment. The voice trailed off. I caught the words, Find the darn attachment. Kind of echoing. He spoke up and said again, Ready to start the night? I, I needed clarification. What was he talking about? 7 to 12 is the real gym shift, buddy. He said. Now, things were bizarre. I had heard him say those exact words when we walked in to start the shift. Those exact words. Why was he repeating them? He continued. Couldn't find the darn attachment. Something wasn't right. It was like it was practicing and trying to get more natural sounding. I looked back toward the building, which was still lit up. Through the window, I could make out someone moving around in there. It had to be the other janitor, I thought. That's when I knew something was awfully wrong. I slowly backpedaled from the shed, listening to the janitor's voice saying the exact phrases repeatedly. When I was about halfway back to the gym, I noticed something coming out of the woods and stopping just before the tree line. Whatever it was, it was tall. It was hard to tell much about it since it was really dark outside, but I had to say it had to be like seven feet tall. It had a muscular, slender body and glowing white eyes. I could hear it panting heavily. Once I saw this, I hightailed it out of there and locked the gym door behind me. I told the janitor about it. He said that he had seen it and heard it before, and he called it the mocker. He explained that it would repeat things, human things that they would say, around the woods. He also said you would be fine if you didn't stick around after hearing it. But I wasn't so sure. I never saw that thing again, and I've never really heard much about it. I've listened to skimwalker stories, wendigo stories, but I don't think it was that. Those are similar, but this just feels completely different at the same time. Please, let me know if you guys have any ideas of what this thing might be. I encountered something strange by Annie B. Hello and happy holidays, and thank you for sharing this story if you decide to, Swamp Dweller. I hope all is well. I wanted to write you today because I trust you, and I trust telling you about my encounter. It's difficult to talk about, but I'm grateful to you. I got the courage to tell my story because I was listening to a video of yours, and someone else had an experience very similar to mine, and I can't tell you the relief that flooded into me knowing I was not alone. I have searched for over 30 years to find another encounter similar to mine. I reached out to the person in the story in the comments of your video, and we were able to connect and discuss our encounters. It was such a weight to know I wasn't the only one to experience something like this. 
At the time, I was 11 years old, and it happened in New Hampshire. I don't know if you remember, but in one of your videos you were talking about someone's encounter that was from New Hampshire, and they mentioned that they could tell it was going to be a bad night because things felt off, and it just felt heavy, and you just knew something was not right. Well, I can attest that that was an accurate statement. We had a cabin on a lake in New Hampshire. It was a very rural area, and there were a few neighbors around. It was just a very secluded area with not much going on, and I spent every summer there from when I was about three till about 18 years old. You knew when you would have a bad night because there was just a heaviness in the air, and you felt watched no matter where you were, and it was always like there was this hushed but scrutinizing feeling in the woods all around. The day of my encounter was one of those days, but I was a kid and I just went and did my thing. My grandmother was very on edge. Where my cabin was, we were built on a little hill, and at the end of the hill was a small dirt road, and on the other side of the road was our lake and I guess you could say beach. So my front yard was rather big. The side yards were well sized, and the backyard was probably about 10 to 15 feet of grass where the grass stopped the white mountains began. It was the flat grass of our backyard and then the mountains. It was notable for a kid. I could get up and swim, run around the mountains, or play in the yard. It was a paradise for a kid who liked to be out in nature. This day, though, I remember my grandmother being very on edge and telling me to stay away from the back and side yards, and she only wanted me playing in the front yard or by the lake where she had direct eyesight of me. I, of course, said okay. I was in the yard and I was playing, and felt like I was being watched. I didn't like how uneasy I felt, so I wound up going inside and reading a book even though it was a gorgeous day out. I remember my grandmother telling my mom not to cook on the grill that night because she had been having a bad day. She felt that there was something foreboding coming, and my mom listened because my grandmother grew up in the woods of Maine. She was pretty superstitious, I'll grant you that, but she knew something. She always knew when something was off. The cabin was set up when you walked in. The living room was to your left, the dining room to your right, and all the bedrooms were off the living room. My parents' bedroom, then my grandparents, and then mine. My room had a door that went outside. On hot nights, I would latch the screen door that was on the outside and leave the door itself open. That way I could get a nice breeze, and that's what I did that night. I remember that it was so quiet, absolutely unsettlingly quiet but I still managed to fall asleep after some time. I don't know what woke me up, but when I woke up, I looked out the screen door and saw this huge wolf that was pure white, and I remember not being afraid of it per se. I almost instinctually knew it wasn't there to hurt me, but maybe to even protect me. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, if it had not happened to me, I don't know what I would be believing if anybody told me this. The wolf never spoke to me telepathically as in other people's encounters. Still, I often wonder if it was manipulating my emotions or actions for lack of a better word. Because I knew it didn't want to hurt me, and it wanted me to go outside with it. I don't know how I knew, but I did. So I got out of bed, went outside, and sat next to it on the stairs. Now, I was up three stairs, and it was still probably three to four feet taller than I was. It was the most beautiful animal I had ever seen pure white with gorgeous crystal eyes. I just started talking to it and petting it. 
It kind of leaned in to me as I was doing this, and again there was not one ounce of fear or hesitation within me, which was odd because while I love animals, I always was taught to give wild animals a wide berth because, well, they're wild. You don't know how they will react. Maybe they'll hurt you, maybe they won't, but I had no such hesitation with this animal. We sat together, me petting it, talking to it, and leaning on it for probably 15 minutes. I heard branches snapping and something walking and getting closer in the woods just off of my yard. That's when I knew the wolf didn't want me outside anymore. Again, I don't know how I knew this, I just did. It wanted me to go back in and lock the door so I would be safe. So, I did, and it waited until I closed the door. It flew into those woods like a bat out of hell the moment I did, and I heard fighting, growling, and I swear I heard a... And I swear I heard a scream that was blood-chilling. I had never heard anything even close to that since or before. It was high and low pitch at the same time. It was terrifying. I don't know what was in those woods that night, but I know that wolf was there to protect me. I don't know why or how it came to be there, but it was. Like I said at the beginning of this letter, I had spent over 30 years trying to find an encounter similar to mine or a legend, something to prove I was not insane. As I was listening to one of your videos, and someone from Maine described almost an identical experience, it felt like a weight had been lifted. As I said, I didn't see what was in the woods that night, but I have my suspicions that it protected me from a Wendigo or something similar. As in the other person's story, I believe that that was what was watching him as well. New England is Wendigo territory, and I found a legend from the Alaskan Canadian indigenous tribes in my research. It speaks of a white wolf that would protect the tribes against the Wendigo. I could be wrong, of course, and I can't say for sure that's what was out there, but that's what I think happened. Thank you for taking the time to read about my encounter and reading other people's experiences. I am sure I am not the first person who has recognized their own experience in one of yours and felt relief that they weren't the only one. This was during the end of 2020. We were still in somewhat of a lockdown in Southern California. A lot of hiking trails were closed off to the public. My mom and her friend Stephanie are avid hikers. My mom and her friend decided they would go hiking on this closed trail. They had met someone who said they could use their backyard anytime they wanted to access the trail, so thus they did. It's a downhill hike to a watering hole and an uphill hike back up. They took off later in the day, hint hint, and started their descent. They came across a young man reading as they're a few minutes out from the watering hole. Thinking nothing of it, they get to the watering hole and try to enjoy their time. Eventually, they start hiking back up because they realize it's starting to get dark and they have a solid three or four miles back up the hill. They start to experience what sounds like strange rustling noises in the bushes. My mom self-proclaimed herself as an idiot for checking out the brush, which growled back at her. So, they got the heck out of there. As they're walking, they hear what sounds like some sort of gentleman start yelling out to them. Help! I'm lost! Can you shine your light? I don't know how to get out of here! My mom and Steph think it could be the guy they saw earlier. Maybe he got lost. My mom, as I said, is a self-proclaimed idiot. She shines her flashlight through the darkness, and they see a man sprinting at them. It wasn't a jog, she told me. It was a deliberate sprint. He was dashing down a slope at them, and it was hard to explain their positioning, 
They were on top of a hill and he was on top of a pitch in the woods across from them. And it was not the man they saw earlier. Steph tells my mom she needs to turn off her light and they need to get out of there. When my mom turns off the light, he starts cursing expletives to himself directed at them. They quickly hike in the darkness, refusing to turn on their lights. After about 15 to 20 minutes, my mom thinks it must be okay for them to turn the flashlight on. Nope. The second she turns on her flashlight, they hear him again. I see you guys. Please wait for me. I need your help. I'm coming. They run the rest of the trail in the darkness, get back to the car, and dip out of there. I'll never forget when my mom told me this and explained the chains of voice when she turned off her flashlight and how she explained him sprinting at them. This might not be the most scary story ever sent into the show, but thank you for sharing it. I don't know how to start this story, but it happened only an hour ago, and I'm still absolutely spooked. So this is a bit of a preface. My friend and I are home alone now, and we have been for a few hours. Every time he comes over, we go to the woods by my house, and it's ordinarily uneventful. But, some throwing rocks and breaking trees and stuff, harmless fun. But this time, something else happened. As I said, we're home alone, and it had been for quite some time. And while this happened, we were home alone. We went outside to go to the woods, and the trip was uneventful for a minute. But once we actually got in there, something, something just felt off. Everything was dark, tons of trees had been knocked down, and the whole place looked completely different, like somebody had rampaged through the area. We kept going in, still having our usual harmless fun, and at one point, my friend turned to me and said we should go back. I looked at my phone and decided it had only been 30 minutes, so we might as well stay a bit longer because it'll be a few hours until anyone would want us to be home. We continued finding a few strange things, like an old crushed Mountain Dew can, probably 10 to 20 years old, a toy boat that had been destroyed by the wind and water, and other things that probably were even older than that can. We planned to go further than I had ever been into those woods before, which isn't very hard because I've barely been that deep. After walking for a while, we came to a landmark I knew of that marked the deepest that I had ever been. Some time ago, when I was going far into the woods, I came upon a bridge built on a log that fell over into the river in the middle of the woods. However, one thing was different this time. Something was sitting on top of it. Whatever it was was small and resembled the head of an animal. When we got closer to get a good view of it, it was a deer skull, pearly white and clean, sitting on the bridge. With no clue as to who put it there, and why, or where the rest of it was, Behind the river was a massive hill with a creepy small house on it, and while we were looking around, I heard a creak or something high-pitched coming towards us. Freaking out, I began to run, and from behind me, I heard my friend scream and I heard him running. We both kept running, and once we reached the edge of the woods, we stopped onto the road. I asked him why he screamed and he said he heard footsteps next to him. We quickly made our way home. The garage door was open when we got there. Not knowing if it was left open or not, we ran inside, locking the doors, checking the house, and turning the alarm on. This is still one of the creepiest things I've ever experienced. I don't know what was out there in the woods with us that night, if that deer skull and house has anything to do with it, but it was downright scary.
I live right next to a Navajo reservation and have made friends with many of the people there my age. We hang out, play games, and we're just ordinary teens. I walk over a lot since my best friend lives less than a mile away from me. This isn't a long trek and usually only takes me about 30 minutes or so. I've made this trip dozens of times and have become very comfortable with it. I know the people along the way, so I'm not scared or on edge. There is a patch of forest, however, about midway there. It's a little unnerving sometimes. There was always that feeling of being watched. This was a regular occurrence, so I tried to ignore it and shake it off as my mind playing tricks on me. On this day, I spent more time at my friend's house than I meant to, and when I left, it was already getting dark. I reached the stretch of forest right as the sun disappeared from the sky. I shivered a little as I readied myself to begin the journey through. I was about 10 to 15 steps in when I heard a tree branch snap. You know the sound that screams there is someone or something there with you? I froze, not sure of what I should do next. Should I run? Should I turn around and book it back at my friend's house? I didn't know the best option in this situation. I whispered, Hello? Hearing my voice crack as the words fell from my lips. I don't even know why I opened my mouth, but it was out there, so I listened for any reply, anything at all. My heart sank when the answer came back and the same sound of my own voice, but distorted. I started to breathe too fast. My heart pounded against my chest. I felt like I would faint at any moment. Hello? My voice came again, but not from my mouth. I wanted, I wanted to run, but my feet felt cemented to the ground. I could not make myself scream. I couldn't reply as my voice echoed over and over from a short distance away. I could not pinpoint exactly where it was coming from. It sounded like it was everywhere around me. It repeated, stop it. I finally managed to tear it from my lips and everything went silent. For a long minute, nothing happened. The air grew stale and I realized for the first time that there were no typical forest sounds. No bugs, no frogs, no crickets, nothing at all. I stood there, terrifying, waiting to see what would happen next. Stop it. It mimicked back. Somehow, I had had enough and was willing my heavy legs to move. Before I could take a step, I heard a rustling in the bushes 20 feet to my left. I watched in horror as a deer head with huge antlers protruded through the brush. I took off as it came out and stood up on two legs. I flew out of those woods and got home in record time. When I got there, I said nothing to my mother. I went straight to my room, laid down, and thought about what had just happened. My mother came in at some point and asked me if everything was okay. I replied that yes, I was just tired. I don't know why I didn't tell her. I might have been afraid of how she would react, I guessed. I called my friend and told him everything. He freaked out and said that no matter what happened that night, do not reply or look out my window. This terrified me even more. He said to call him the following day and he would explain more, and that he had to speak to his grandfather as soon as possible. That night, I could not fall asleep at all. I mean, could you blame me? I stayed awake, listening to every little sound that night brought. Sometime around 3 a.m., just as I was about to drift off to sleep, the air noticeably changed, and the night sounds quieted. I felt my heart begin to pound. I laid there and waited, pulling the covers over my head like a child, far too scared to move. It came after a silent moment. It was all too long. I cried. It was all I could do. 
It mocked what I had repeated in the woods earlier. It was terrifying enough when it copied what I said, but then it did something new. It called my name. It called my name in my mother's voice. It just kept repeating, Amy, Amy, come here, and then repeating those same phrases over and over. For the rest of the night, the creature outside my window called my name in my mother's voice and repeatedly repeated what I said in the woods. In the morning, it finally stopped when the sun broke through the dark. I fell into a fitful sleep. I woke up around midday to my friend calling me and telling me he had spoken to his grandfather and could explain exactly what was going on. He said there were creatures out there called flesh gates or potentially even a skimwalker. He explained that it was an evil witch that used dark magic to transform into animals and other beings. It somehow caught my scent and knew me. It was attached to me, cursing me, if you will. I was also given a warning that since it knew me now, it would always follow me, that I would always have to be careful. Last night I heard scratching on my window, then a low hum. The creature began repeating my name and adding things I hadn't heard yet, again in my mother's voice. At one point it started calling my name but drawing it out far too long. It tried to get me outside or to open the door or to let it in my house. This went on all night. At this point I feel like I'm going crazy. I don't know what to do. Will it stalk the shadows around me for the rest of my life? I don't think I can honestly handle that. I am a 23-year-old woman, half Cherokee from Georgia. When this happened, my fiancé and I lived on a large farm in Maryland. We didn't use the farm, but we rented a small house on the property, and we were free to come and go around the grounds. I was only 19 at the time this took place, and the only residents in our home were myself, my fiancé, and our cat and dog. Our cat was a lunatic barn cat that I had rescued because I can't say no to animals that need help and our loyal Pitbull, a sweet, cuddly, scaredy cat. She weighed about 75 pounds and was afraid of her own shadow. Our farm was situated on approximately 20 acres of land and our driveway was nearly a half a mile long. So usually when I would get home from work, my loyal dog and I would go for a walk and usually I brought my fiance with me. Not that I was afraid to go out alone, just that he spends too much time playing video games and anything to get him to use his legs is good. After our driveway was a 12 mile long road through the woods and farms until it finally reconnected with civilization. So it was safe to say that we were far from other people except from our landlord. The first mile or so were through an open farmland, followed by a brief patch of forest, and then about a half a mile or so of wheat fields, and then solid forest for another couple of miles. Now that you have a bit of information on the layout, on to the creepy part. So it started like any other weekday evening. My fiancé and I returned home from our work to our comfortable cottage and pets. Harley, our dog, was frantic to go for a walk, so I quieted her, changed into my walking clothes, and asked if the fiancé would join me. He had gotten home shortly after me and said he had seen one of those coyotes out near our house and didn't think it was a good idea tonight. Still, as you may know, coyotes are primarily scavengers, especially out here on the East Coast. So I was not too worried and I am very capable of defending myself. I called him a puss and told Harley we would go and be fine without him. Laughing to myself, we left the cottage and started walking toward the driveway. The sun was going down, the October air had begun to get a chill and it rustled through the cornfields next to our long driveway. The corn was about six feet tall at this point in the year and impossible to see through. 
so I assumed that my fiancé was trying to scare me because there's no way he could have seen a coyote in this field. Harley was enjoying her time in the area tearing in and out of the corn stalks on our walk up the driveway, and I knew that she was a big coward, so she would definitely alert me to any danger very quickly by running away. By the time I reached the end of the driveway, the sun had set and the moon which had already come out was shining high about the fields. It wasn't quite complete, but it provided enough light that I didn't need to use my flashlight or Harley's collar light. We turned left down the road and proceeded across the first section of the field. This first field was soybeans. If you don't know, they are relatively short plants that nothing but a rabbit could hide in. Off in the distance, I spotted a few deer but nothing alarming, so we relaxed and enjoyed our walk through the night air. I threw a stick and Harley brought it back repeatedly. Typical dog and owner stuff. We reached the first small section of trees and Harley stopped and bumped into my leg, letting me know there was something ahead. It wasn't a coyote or a deer, but a rabbit that had been hit by a passing car that was still struggling to survive. As much as I hate to say this, there was no way it was going to live, and honestly, it was probably what drew the coyotes in. I knelt by it and used my knife quickly to put it out of its misery as my family had taught me to do, and let it pass into the next life. Feeling sad but somewhat relieved that we had only encountered a handful of deer and that poor rabbit, we continued our walk and passed into the following field. This was a wheat field, and the wheat was about ready for harvest, so it was tall and hard to see. The area was quiet, though, and Harley didn't do anything, so I figured the coyotes had passed on if there had been any. Now this is the part you have been waiting for, and I don't know what it was, but here it is. We rounded the corner of the field and into the area with wheat on our left and a forest on our right. The air seemed to go still, almost like it was stale. Harley got closer to me, and I heard rustling in the wheat field. I saw three tails circling back toward the forest. Coyotes, I thought. The eastern coyotes are small, but in a pack, they can get pretty ballsy. Harley raised her heckles, and I yelled, Get out of here! Go! Bugger off! as loud as I could, and the coyotes started scattering off into the trees. I decided to turn around and get out of there before they regroup because I am brave, but I am not going to walk into a dark forest with a coyote pack and a cowardly pit bull. We turned back, and again I heard a rustling in the wheat. A confused coyote, maybe? I thought it must be, but no. Harley was standing stock still, staring at the grain, and I whistled for her to come with me. That high-pitched, ear-piercing, two-fingered whistle... That snapped her out of it for a split second, when my whistle was returned from the inside of the wheat. Suddenly, all the family legends I had heard came flooding back to me, and I expected to see a tall, thin creature emerge, but nothing did. It didn't smell rotting, it didn't smell bad, I just had this sense of dread. I was transfixed with fear and curiosity. I whistled again, and the whistle was then returned once more. Very human sounding, but at the same time, not. Against my better judgment, I swear, I said something. I don't remember what I said, but it repeated it back to me. There was no bugs, no coyotes, no Harley noises, just my breath. Slowly, the rustling started again, and I turned on my flashlight. I shined it on the wheat field, and what I saw still confuses me to this very day. Animal eyes. They were green, with like a yellow hue in the reflection. But what they were connected to made no sense. There was a little girl, no more than 14 or 16 years old, crouched in the wheat. She wore what I think must have been deer skin or fur. 
and she was naked otherwise. She was skinny and looked like her skin had never seen sunlight before. Her hair was long and tangled with wheat and leaves. Under any other circumstances, I would have said she was beautiful, but at that moment she was terrifying. We stared at each other for what must have been a solid minute or so, but felt like much longer until I heard the unmistakable coyote howl from the forest. Both of our heads snapped toward the noise, and immediately I heard her take off through the wheat toward the sound. At that moment, Harley took off toward the house and I went after her. We didn't stop running until we got to the driveway and I stopped not wanting my fiancé to know I was running away from something. I could still hear the howling in the distance and we started walking back at a brisk pace. We made it back to the cottage with no further problems and I didn't tell my fiancé about it. Not wanting him to go out there with a gun, she hadn't hurt me and so I didn't think it was right to hunt her. I was awoken in the middle of the night by the sound of coyotes outside of our cottage. This wasn't usual but now I wondered if she was with them. When I was coming home from work about a month later, I had stopped obsessing about that night, and I almost thought I had imagined it when I slammed on my brakes. I saw something in the road. It was dark, and when my headlights hit it, the eyes reflected green and yellow. It was a large coyote. I stared at it very briefly, and then it ran into the woods. I know this sounds crazy, but I still wonder if that was her. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true, horrific backwoods horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to help me out and hit that like button. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it, and that helps the channel grow. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them multiple times a week on all things natural and supernatural. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below or r slash thedarkswamp on Reddit. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories, no matter where you go, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free and always will be. In the comments down below, I would love to know what story was your favorite tonight. It helps me pick better stories in the future, and I just love reading your reviews. As the swamp tradition goes, if you made it to the very end, be sure to comment the code word purple swordfish. I would love to see all of you who made it to the end comment that, as it helps the video grow with interaction, and it's nice to see who can make the funniest comment. The funniest comment will be pinned at the top as always. I appreciate you guys. I'll see you soon with another creepy episode.